folks. Thank you very much for joining us for a brand new episode of Trainwreck tonight, episode 177. I'm your host, Degenerate L, joined by Maniac. Show sponsor? Pazda Electric, 716-698-2711. And like Al said, very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. Coach Lindy Ruff. Lindy, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, gentlemen. Are you guys doing well? We are doing well. Oh, we're all down here great. 716. I know Al's taking care of business over in the uh, Cheek to Vegas area. I'm holding it down here in the city, but it's a great time. It's a great summer so far here in the 716, and we are off to a great start. Lindy, we want to make sure you get off to a great start with your new club. You know, we know you're on a great start with this train, but we want to get an orientation for you for New Jersey. Okay, we want to make sure that you knock it out of the park with those Garden State fans, just like you did with these Western New York fans. So we have prepared a little bit of a New Jersey orientation for you that we're going to run you through. Is that okay? Okay. Let's okay, so first thing, I know that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's very timed by now, but people are still loving them. Sopranos references, okay? It's the 20-year anniversary of the show. It's one of the greatest of all time, even if you haven't seen it. If someone lays a big hit on the ice, you could be like, oh, you could have heard that one over at the bada bing. Or, you know, or like someone makes a nice pass, you could say, oh, that pass was smoother than the, than the sauce at Vesuvio. So a little Sopranos references. You spring on there, I think it's going to be very endearing to, those, to that New Jersey media. I'll give it a try. I'm not uh, big in the Sopranos, but I'll, I'll try. Okay, Al, what do you got for him? Happy birthday, Polly, today. Uh, let's see, a couple things to know about New Jersey. They have the most diners in the world in the state of New Jersey. And also they have the most shopping malls in one area. Seven malls in 25 miles. Great for the wife and daughter. Daughters. Awesome. That is, it, that is ac absolutely fabulous because when uh, the girls come to town to spend some time with uh, mom, they will definitely uh, be checking out the malls. That's, oh. that's a great, that's actually great information for me. I can use that. And uh, you, you just made some people happy. Yeah, so I, believe, I believe it's Paramus, New Jersey area. That's what we're about doing, Paramus. Lindy, did we lose you on the video feed? Uh, let's see what we got here. Hang on. There he is. He's back. Well, well, that didn't work so good. Let's try that again. I just put my phone in airplane mode because uh, uh, a call came through. It must have bumped us off. Okay. So, That's fair. Um, oh, you're prioritizing so, this train, Lindy. I, I'm glad to see your priorities right. there are in order over there. That's right. So we just, uh, we just knocked off the rest of the world. Okay. So Al's got you covered on the retail side of things. And you got to understand, these New Jersey fans, like you've probably already seen, Lindy, obviously probably a little bit less in quarantine. But they're passionate. None more than fictional Seinfeld character David Putty. Are you familiar with David Putty? I am familiar with David Putty, yes. Okay, he's a face. Two, two key things. Face painter and got to support the team. That's the two things. So, obviously, I think if you're, if you're going to have any buzzwords or any, you know, go-to phrases in those media scrums, obviously you won't be dealing with Paul Hamilton as much as you used to, but you can use the phrase support the team. <laughs> I will use I I will use the phrase. Okay, so next for me for for you, Lindy. Obviously, in your time in Buffalo, what do Sabres players like to do after games, even away games? They love Chippewa. They love Encore. If you hear New Jersey Devils players talking about Parker House on the shore, 
or Hoboken SantaCon, uh-uh, curfew those, those nights. <laughs> well, I know that uh, Hoboken has become quite the area, and so is Jersey City. So I think if I hear any names from there, it, uh, it will be very similar to the uh, Cheektowaga or the uh, – not really Cheektowaga, but the Chippewa Buffalo. Okay. Glad to see that Lindy's keeping a, a watching eye on it. Love to hear it. Yep. And then last uh, – just – Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was trying to help Alex out there. You said he was from Cheek to Wagano. Oh, it's it's my Cheek to Vegas, the 33 Speakeasy, <laughs> Route 78. Yeah, this is my area. He's kind of the mayor over there. There you go. Last but not least, you know how people in Buffalo passionate about their pizza? Sleeperway? New Jersey people are the same way. New Jerseyans, Jerseyites. You know, it's kind of an adopted pizza from New York. It's not a traditional New York slice, which is about as long as, you know, the Grand Island Bridge, but – it's kind of like a Buffalo-New York City hybrid, that, that New Jersey pizza. But just remember that. They love their pizza just as much as Buffalo does. Yeah, I love my pizza too. So I'll be, I'm in a good spot. Okay. Pizza and wings. Okay, this is a perfect transition. Lindy, favorite pizza and wings in Buffalo? I have several, but uh, I like uh, the pizza Mazia's up by me out on Main Street. Mazia's Pizza. So... That, that's a good one. And actually, I really like their wings, too. So I'm, I'm going to give them both. Wow. Kind of stay, stay close to home. Oh, Mazia's and Clarence GM Smokey will, will be fired up. That, 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 might was, even that, get me, that might even get me 10% off. I was going to say, that was as good as about $1,000 worth of advertising in the Buffalo News for Mazia's right there. Big hit for the Main Street spot. On, uh, you know, this is obviously broadcast the day after National Chicken Wing Day. So salute to that. So. Lindy, obviously, congratulations, new coach of the New Jersey Devils. Kind of a weird time, you know, being a new coach, obviously, during a quarantine. So we wanted to talk about, have you been able to Zoom with the team yet, jump on a group call? Have you done individual Zoom calls with each player? How's that gone? I have done individual calls with, uh, with all the individuals on the team. Uh, I've done plenty of uh, uh, Zoom meetings to get a – basically get acquainted with uh, the hockey hockey room staff, hockey room operations, uh, uh, management. So trying to get familiar with everybody. Like you say, it's a strange time. Uh, we're all trying to uh, make do with, with what we can. And uh, it seems that Zoom has been the best way to communicate and, and get, uh, get a face out there. So when you see that Zoom, obviously – made its way into all of our lives here in 2020 and sports. You can see it being huge with meetings and everything. You talked about how you were going to go individual and it sounds like that's the route you've gone and not with a big group. Are there position groups or anything that have meetings together or how do you, how are you running that? Any zoom tactics that the devils are using? No, there won't be. I mean, we haven't even got to the stage where we I've, I've reached out and introduced myself, said hello. Uh, really haven't even talked that much hockey talked uh, a lot about what, uh, where they were at, what they were doing. Uh, but I just wanted them to uh, have my number, be available to uh, reach out. Uh, when we get more information really on what the, the eight teams that are sitting out right now can do, uh, probably like mid-August, uh, we'll get a little, little bit uh, more serious with uh, the hockey end of it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, right now it's, you know, we're almost in August. And does anyone even really know when the next season is going to start? Is it? Does it look like it's going to be 2021? It, it looks uh, obviously like uh, training camps are going to start mid-November. 
Okay. Uh, and that uh, the season will probably start uh, early December. Uh, that's encouraging. We saw some hockey games last night. There was three of them. So yeah, I, I actually uh, flipped the NHL game center on my phone and watched a little bit of the Philadelphia Pittsburgh game. So, nice. and I think plenty of people did. So it was uh, the hockey was good last night. You must, you must be like a bee to honey on that hockey, actually. Because let's face it, over the past, what, four or five decades, it's hard to – there's probably not that many people in the, on the planet Earth that have watched as many top-level hockey games, top-level hockey action as you. I think I would be close to being near the top, uh, obviously from starting yeah. in 79 and being in pro hockey almost ever since. Uh, uh, you're in the American League, you're in the International League uh, – and then uh, coaching ever since. So, yeah, I've uh, I probably have run the gamut on seeing uh, NHL pro games. Lindy, you were nice enough to comment on uh, Al's lettuce or Al's mustache in the pre-show. Any any thought on, on this on this lettuce cheddar I got working here? Like, what should I do with it? Any tactics? I mean, you see NHL guys, you know, all the time, and they have they are known for having some of the best hair in the business. What can I do? to, you know, continue to grow this brand, to continue to grow this dynasty that is my hair? I, I think really just keep going with it. Uh, you know, just keep going and uh, you'll develop, you'll develop, a, I think, a, a fan base of really long-haired followers. I mean, it, it just looks like that to me. <laughs> well, Maniac, Maniac, tell him, though, why is your hair that long? Well, we don't want to bring it up, and we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll shoot it away, but I did say I wouldn't cut it until the Buffalo Sabres made the playoffs. So, <laughs> I mean, facts being facts, I got and, and a good man honors a bet, right, Lindy? I mean, at the end of the day. I mean, that's what you got to do. So, I'm here. I'm here for the people, and I'm not cutting it until the blue and gold see the playoffs again. But, obviously, you're focused on, you know, the Devils finding the uh, playoffs. Uh, working with Martin Brodeur, I mean, obviously, he's a key – figure in that organization he was a key like it's just crazy the way that sports work you were watching him as a key opponent in those late uh 90s games now he's someone that you're working with can you talk about that a little bit yeah marty and i have had uh, again i've had a couple of zoom meetings uh talked about the team talked about the players uh really talked about the direction of the team uh i mean marty was one of the best at the position he played uh obviously uh Stanley Cup winner several times and and knows the New Jersey area, knows the New Jersey feel better than anybody. So I've had conversations about uh, about hockey, uh, obviously about where to live, where uh, where people do live, where players live. So he's given me a lot of insight into New Jersey. He's given me a lot of insight into uh, the hockey end of it. I'm looking forward to uh, working with Marty and, you know, in the coming years to, uh, to build a winner here in New Jersey. Oh, that's awesome. And I know you're just talking about three NHL games last night. There are more games today, exhibitions. Obviously, hockey starts this weekend. What a slate. Five games Saturday, five games Sunday. And unfortunately, what? We can't root for the Sabres. We can't root for the Devils now. So, Lenny, not asking for who you're rooting for, but who do you like in the East and West? Like, do you have like a Stanley Cup prediction? Any two teams that you think are really good out there that can be, you know, destined to make a run? Well, I have, I really have no prediction. I think it, with what went on with COVID and the, the amount of time off, uh, you had some teams that were really playing well uh, going into the, the COVID break, as I'll call it. Uh, 
those teams may be at a little disadvantage because they got to get up and running again. Yep. I think teams that had injured players that have had some key players come back have gained a step in the right direction. But I, I really think it's as level playing field as any. But, I mean, if you, if you want to look to favorites, I think you have to still go to, you know, you have to go to Tampa. You have to go to Washington. Um, you know, teams that uh, really had mm-hmm. were, or were having a great season. And that's the thing. Everybody's healthy now. I mean, you had four months off. Every single team's healthy. So, you know, speaking of four months off, how has your quarantine been? Outside of, you know, NHL stuff, outside of the Devils, what have you been doing to stay busy over these past four months? Well, I think uh, as everybody uh, became a home quarantine, try to fix everything or paint everything or, you know, uh, stuff around the house, around the yard. Um, I had one of my daughters come home, so I spent a lot of time uh, playing cards, uh, you know, really just catching up. Uh, yeah. But I think for the most part, uh, you know, when you have to spend that much time at home, you uh, you get into some Netflix series. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Lindy, you're like, so, why, you, it's almost like you're too relatable. You're talking about, you're saying the same things everyone. It's about, you know, being introspective. You're in quarantine. Yeah, bonding with those close to you, obviously. Yep. Fix the areas around you. So tell us, what are you getting after on the Netflix? Well, the uh, the one we we had to finish right away was Ozark. Okay, uh, I'm on season two now. See, the people tell me that season two stinks. Well, you, give, me, give me your lightning thoughts on that. No, I, I don't think so. I, I just, I'm a huge fan of Ruth. No, 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 he says. Uh, I think the season two is good, and I know okay. they're working on the next season already. Um, I think when you get through the last season, you'll be shocked. I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, I'm ready so, to go. I'm, I'm all enticed uh, now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start yeah, season so, so Ozark was Ozark was the latest for us. Okay. Lindy, got to ask you, I heard you're a big fan of three things, golfing, fishing, bicycling. If you had to get rid of one, what would it be? Uh, I think I'd probably, I'd probably get rid of the bicycling. <laughs> I would keep the fishing and golfing. Too, much, more ex- too much exercise. Yeah. yeah, that's right. A little more relaxing. I, you know, I've, you know, went through a play, playing career that was pretty strenuous. I've uh, tried to keep the fitness up. Yep. So I think at some point uh, you back off a little bit, and I'd, I'd probably throw the, the cycling out. I like that you threw the cycling out, like because fishing and golfing are like two things. Like you don't want to throw out the potential like best you've ever played or the best you've ever fished. Like the best you've ever biked, like you can live without that, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. There's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt you can live with the best you've ever biked or without the best you've ever biked. But you always still have that chance to catch the biggest fish you've ever caught. And play the round of your life. And uh, yeah. Caddyshack was one of my favorite movies. So, what, what's, what's your handicap? At golf, actually. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> handicap is probably like a. That's what I meant, at golf. <laughs> wait, did no, you, were you, wait yeah, yeah, you're saying I'm golf is your handicap. It, see, I didn't yeah. get that for about 2.3 seconds, and I was just like, it hit me like a yeah. ton of bricks. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually is golf. I, I, I got to a point where. I was left-handed golfer uh, most of my golfing career, and I switched maybe 10 years ago, so I'm a right-handed golfer. Switch golfer? Uh, wow. Yeah, so now I'm, now I'm a right-hander, probably like a 16 handicap right. I was as, probably as low as a six or seven left-handed. That's so incredible. Now, so, you, so you could be out on the course, like, 
have you ever had a shot where you're up against a tree and you like switch like how you're, how you're shooting like that and you're comfortable more comfortable than a standard player would be I, obviously I, I still out of 14 clubs still carry one left-handed club in there so oh, that's amazing um you know one to chip with i got a sand wedge that the short game still needs the left-handed touch every now and then yep okay now gotta ask you in your career at buffalo whether the Sabres organization, media, whoever you golf with, who are some of the best golfers from Buffalo that you played with? Some of the best golfers. Um, probably the, one of the best was Clark Gillies. Uh, he played a little bit on that celebrity tour. Okay. Uh, and I, I actually caddied for him once in a tournament in Toronto. That was a tournament where, you know, there's a lot of big names, uh, a lot of football players, a lot of quarterbacks, uh, uh, Michael Jordan even was playing in that uh, that tournament. Just well, I think we were just east of – we might have been – I can't even remember the name, but uh, we were just east of Toronto. And uh, probably Clark would have been the best. So he was a he was a scratch. I know that Michael Pekka now is as close to a scratch as, as anybody uh, uh, recent, I heard. So uh, there are some really good – Grant Ledger was a really good golfer played with. Okay. I'd like to, th- I'd like to throw Mike Ramsey's name in there because he's my friend, but – I saw wow. him get a hole in one. I saw him get a hole in one. I uh, love it. I love it. He doesn't so, really belong on the list. But, but no, list goes, you know what? Def- I got the platform. I'm going to put my guy Mike in there. I saw him get a hole in one once. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> see him get a hole in one. So he, he deserves a little bit of credit. Okay. Yeah. What, what about Don Luce? Don Luce. You know, I don't even know if I've ever played uh, golf with uh, with Don Luce. So uh, I, think, I think Don would be uh, – you know, like 15, 16, something like that, handicapper. Do you have any idea why Don Luce consistently looks at my LinkedIn profile? <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Um, it's the weirdest thing, Lindy. I swear it's got to be every two weeks at a minimum. Don Luce viewed your profile. Maybe he has maybe. like a bot, like he was trying to network on LinkedIn or something. Like, you know, yeah. uh, that's the only explanation. I mean, yeah. Lindy, maybe you know him. More, is he, maybe is he there's more LinkedIn than one Don Luce. Maybe there's more than one Don Luce. No, I checked it. It said like NHL since like 1964. <laughs> like, so it had to be, had to be. Don That's Luce. good career stability. Let's face that. You got to admit yeah. that. that. That would be the real Don Luce then if it's 1964, probably. <laughs> All right, Lenny. Next, next uh, thing I wanted to bring up. This is from a close source. Told me that you were excellent back in high school when you were younger at both baseball and hockey so at the time did you have to make a, a decision to either you know go professionally in baseball or go professionally in, in hockey well I think what you have to understand is I was from a, a real small town in western Canada so uh, baseball wasn't it, it, it really wasn't that that big at the time uh, there really was nowhere to go pro there wasn't even really anywhere to get scouted but uh we had a good baseball team. Uh, my dad used to coach. My older brother was a pitcher. I pitched. Um, we ended up going to uh, the Canadian Championships one year. And you got to picture this. It's a town of population about, I think, 500 at the time. Wow. Uh, so to round up uh, 12 ball players, uh, end up on a Canadian Championship team. We, we didn't win it. Uh, we lost, uh, but they were all tight games. Uh, but I did have an opportunity uh, – Probably when I was 16 or 17 to pitch for pitch for a pro scout in baseball. Um, I don't know if I could have ever made it in baseball, uh, but I okay. did say that 
uh, I played a lot of hockey at the time and and I just continued to play hockey so it, it, it worked out well yeah so clearly hockey was the number one passion but yeah I, I, I heard that so I had to ask you yeah wait hold on did you ghost that scout no I didn't, <laughs> didn't, oh, okay I did, didn't you, did you go play for I, him I, I went and pitched. I went. And okay, pitched okay. Him. You dropped some heat, no. and they really wanted you, and you're like, "Ah, eh, I'm better on the ice." No, they basically, you know, give you a they they give you a rundown of what would happen. They they liked. They, I think they liked what they saw, uh, but they said that uh, you'd have to play winter ball. Uh, winter ball at that time would have meant I, I couldn't play hockey, so I I just decided yep. to keep playing hockey. That's incredible. I mean. I, people always make fun of me for being terrible at sports, but guess what? I get to play all of them. Nobody ever makes me pick between one or the other. So all I'm saying is, is the laughs on them now, Lindy. I just want to know when you're on the team, when do you get picked? Uh, I, I'm saying I'm a middle to middle late range person. Cause they know that I would be at the end, but for morale purposes, I'm a clapper. I'm a clapper is what they call me. I, I play all over the field. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Next, next topic here. I uh, spoke to Brian Ruff this morning. Follow now there's on, an inside source right there. Follow him on Twitter, at Ruffles 22 We had a nice conversation. And he wanted me to ask you to talk about a rookie story, how you were out past curfew and how that went. Got to hear this one. If you can't, if you can't uh, say it. No, no, it's a, it, it's a true story. I mean, we were, we were barely past curfew, but we were. Um, you know, curfew at the time was 11.30. We were probably, I'm going to say somewhere between 11.30 and 12 coming back to the hotel. And the uh, doorman had a, a stick to sign. So we, we all signed it. And uh, the next day, uh, that stick showed up at practice. So once you had signed a stick past 11.30, you knew you were done. Wait, what happened? So, so this doorman is like both reporting to the team and getting free signed memorabilia. It sounds like a like a racket. I love it. I think it was it was actually pretty crafty on the coach to uh, to give that stick to the doorman. Yeah, because you'd have no idea. You'd have no idea. No. And as a rookie, you're happy. You're happy to sign as a rookie. Happy to sign a stick for somebody. Wow. And did did anything happen at that practice? No. No. Nothing happened. No. Okay. No, which which was good actually. I mean, we we did. It was mentioned that some guy signed a stick a little past eleven thirty. That's a. I mean, in the words of Michael Scott, a good manager inspires people. He doesn't fire people. He inspires people. And what that coach did was he showed you, I got eyes everywhere. That that was what he did with that message right there. So when, just when you think your guard is up, um, I got eyes everywhere. You know, I think that that is probably the truth. That. Uh, he was doing his best to keep an eye on all of us. Awesome, awesome. So next question for you. This comes from – this is my father. He said it like that, Lindy, but he's very excited to ask this question. I guarantee you, regardless this, of what it is. This is from Timmy and Cheek to Vegas. These are from the Sabres fans from the 70s and 80s. What are your thoughts on Billy Smith? <laughs> you know, that's a funny story I, I used to really hate billy smith because you know we did have we did have an incident in my my first playoff series when we played them uh in long island i got a butt end in the face and end up fighting billy uh billy was a heck of a competitor he was really dirty a really dirty goaltender <laughs> um he had no problem uh, spearing you 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, but ending you if you're around the net. Um, I want to say that he that Lindy preempted this perfectly by like complimenting him first because it lent like more legitimacy to everything you say. But keep going on, keep going on. Uh, but you know, at, at, at some point you have to say enough's enough. So I turned around and fought him. And the very ironic part is my first coaching job, Billy and I coached together. So he was a goalie coach for the Florida Panthers. And I was no the way. assistant coach. And I said to Billy, I said, Billy, I really don't like you. And you remember the, uh, I said, do you remember the incident we had? And he goes, Billy goes, yeah. And I'd do it again. <laughs> Can I just so, say, I, I, I got to say, I know that I'm, I'm a little bit of an abrasive person. I'm very outspoken or whatever. But very often, telling someone that you don't like, that you don't like them, as long as it's not in a hostile way, there's really nothing wrong with it. Sometimes it brings to the surface exactly what you said, genuine, you know, expectations of each other. And how much easier was it to work with when you had that interaction? Yeah, it, uh, you know, we got along great after that. I mean, that was uh, early 90s. So from uh, 1980 to somewhere in the early 90s where we – uh, we hooked up and worked together, so okay. we put that we put that behind us. So who who did it better, you on Billy Smith, or Barnaby on Garth Snow? <laughs> hmm. uh, well, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Barnaby with Snow. Yeah, I mean, there's was some we had some good we had Peters and who was Peters fighting in the uh, Ottawa? Oh, Emery. Go yeah, after Peter, go after Henry. Peters, not our yeah, captain. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I mean, that was a good one too. So there's been several, several good ones I've been around where uh, uh, players have been involved, and I yeah. think those were pretty. Those were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Linda, you were down, but you got right up. Barnaby faked it a little bit, and then went after Garth. I mean, you were down on the ice, and you instantly got back up and and went after that goalie. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've grown up since then. I don't do that stuff anymore. Lindy, no. you ever you ever watch the Royal Rumble? Like, or sorry, WWF. I've seen a little bit, uh, okay. not a lot though. What Barnaby did was like sometimes in the Royal Rumble, someone will lie in the corner, and then when it happens at the end, they'll throw someone out and win the match. That was what he did against Garzno. He sold it. Everybody forgot about him, and then all of a sudden, he was back in the fray. <laughs> well, the sneak attack sometimes is worth it. Definitely. Speaking of sneak attack, Al Barnaby ready to unleash those locks this coming week. We'll be fading them. <laughs> um, but, Lindy, the one thing we know about you is you don't take shit. You don't take dirty plays. And we saw what happened when Neil elbowed Drury. You know? How soon did you know when that happened you were going to send out Coletta, Mayor, Peters? Was it instant? Uh, I think probably instantly uh, at the time. I think, you know what, the uh... – it, it, was, it was your captain laying on the ice. You just saw your captain hit with what we thought was a late hit. Uh, and I, I just think that, you know, we had to send a message that uh, we're not going to let that happen in our building or any building, really. No, and that was what, Coletta's first NHL game? Oh, boy, you're asking me. You'd have no, to tell no, me it was. It was. I, I, my intern reported for Lindy. By the way, Lindy, if you need any of our interns here at Trainwreck Sports in New Jersey, just let us know. We will lend you our interns. But, yes, Patrick <laughs> Coletta's first game, he gets thrown to the fray. The great thing about that is it's almost like an appetizer. Patrick Coletta just 
just throws a check right into Spezza before the before the puck is even dropped. And Jenneret just sets it perfectly. Oh, now we got Skirvin before the puck's even dropped. <laughs> it was just, I mean, what a fra- – you, like, you had not seen something like that in the NHL years. And that's the fire – I mean, again, you don't need people fighting. You don't need people brawling. But for lack of a better term, I'm not going to go on any further rant, but Buffalo hockey needs that fire back out. Yeah, that oh. was – I mean, we had, we had some – we had some games that, that probably was, I don't know, one of the most remembered games, the, uh, that whole fracas that went on and, yep. and Razor, Razor standing in between the benches going, kill oh, the mics. Man. And, you know, I, I still remember everything. I don't know if you, if you watch the video, you can, you can, you can see that I fell. I fell off the swinging gate originally. You fell pretty well, though. Yeah, like, like you I didn't, up, like, you didn't like, fall like this. No, like, you fell like I, a, just a down, and then you were back up again. And I was up quicker than I fell, I thought. Like, oh, it was definitely. A good recovery. definitely. Real good recovery. I mean, that's a classic coach-on-coach interaction. There are brawls throughout time, but you've never seen, like, a coach and a coach basically about to, you know, and then, of course, having Rob Ray in the middle of it, you know, just the ultimate, uh, I guess, cherry on the top of the Sunday. I, I can't repeat it. Yeah, it would have been good to have Razor on the ice with us, not, not where he was standing. He could have helped out. Yeah, but I, that line did a pretty damn good job. And that's the thing that Timmy and Chica Vegas says all the time about the Buffalo Sabres is, you know, we need to have, all right, I'm not going to start calling people out, but it just comes down to having the, that passion, that fire, that energy again, that don't mess with us mentality that this team, people will say, has been lacking since you've been gone. So I'll end it there. You know, not going to call anyone out, not going to say anything, but that's what it comes down to. That's what that city wants. That's what this team needs. So another topic that a lot of fans, because I obviously told a lot of people, you know, you're coming on the show. Do you have any questions? What do you want to ask? A lot of people want to talk about, you know, your opinion on Max Afanaganov and, you know, his time in Buffalo, his time as a player, and a guy that left the NHL after a big season with the Thrashers, I think he had 70 to 75 points, to the KHL, and he's still playing today. So just want to hear your thoughts on, you know, Max as a player. Oh, I really, I mean, I really like Max. I think Max is one of the, one of the most talented players that I've probably ever coached. Uh, you know, individual talent, uh, his hands, the way he skated. I, and, and I think you've said it, the, the fact that he's still playing. He was, I mean, he had elite conditioning. I think sometimes he was hard to play with as a teammate. Um, but I, I liked him. I, you know, I really felt I got along, got along well with him. Uh, he, you know, he had the incident in one playoff series. I don't think people knew that uh, playing soccer before the game, you know, he flipped over backwards and knocked himself out on the concrete, uh, which I think hurt him in, in, our, in our one playoff series. Uh, you know, and I think the, that soccer playing has, uh, has been one of the things that, you know, you've seen around the league where two or three guys have got hurt, you know, during the year, whether they sprained an ankle. Um, but the most serious I saw as a coach was, was Max uh, basically knocking himself out, flipping over backwards. Wait, weren't the Sabres just playing soccer before a game this year, I mean, right? that's, that's a very standard every, thing. It's, every, like, it's like a – yeah, every team every does it. It's like a hacky team. sack thing. Yeah, every okay. team, Every team has a group that plays uh, every game. It has really become their warm-up. Uh, it's yeah. something that the players really enjoy. Um, and I don't think it's something that's going to go away. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I think there's, there's worse things to be doing. Yeah, there might be better things to be doing. But uh, yeah. definitely, a, definitely is a warm-up. 
you know, it gets their motor running the way they play it. Well, I assume you weren't talking about that Rangers series. I will say, I was, I, everyone probably says this just like everybody says it about the comeback game for the uh, Bills versus the Oilers. But I was there, game five, Rangers. Things are looking bleak. Drury scores. Afanaganov scores. He slides Aww. down the ice. Just a classic moment to be a Sabres fan. I'll never forget leaving the arena and literally every car doing the let's go Buffalo honk. Like, I mean, it's, you know, you get some after a win, you get a couple repeats after a win, but just every single car you saw was doing it. Incredible atmosphere to me. And I just want to ask you a question, Lenny, because obviously as a head coach, you probably see, you know, you, you have your analytics guys in, uh, you know, New Jersey. That's a part of the game now, very much more so than it was when you originally started coaching, you know, Afenaganov in the early 2000s, uh, late 90s there. Um, do you think he was, and this sounds like a ridiculous take, but do you think he was almost like a player before his time? Because his points totals were never incredible. Like they were never like, you know, top one line or whatever, or, you know, national recognition. But I would argue that if you went back and you graphed every scoring opportunity generated or every scoring thread or shot on goal, like they do nowadays, he would have been off the charts analytically. I, I think you... You could be right on a lot of that. I think uh, analytics a lot of times, um, you know, is useful for, for different players and how you play. I think Max did generate a lot of opportunities. Um, I think when, when you're looking at analytics, you know, if you're generating lots of opportunities, sometimes you're giving up lots of opportunities. Uh, so I think on Max's front, you know, he had a little bit of that. Sometimes he hung on too long. Um, so I think when you say he was a little bit ahead of his game, he may have been because I think that's where the game has gone, where, you know, the highly skilled players have the puck more. If you have the puck more, you're going to turn it over more. I think it's when you do it, uh, what time of the game you do it now. Uh, it's making the right decision uh, to avoid putting your team in a situation where maybe you could lose a game. Yeah. So, real quick, Lindy, before we get to a Buffalo-style lightning round featuring Maniac and yourself, wanted to bring up your time in New York City. I think you were there for a good three years. Wanted to ask you, did you, were you a big Subway guy? Did you go to any Bill's Backers bars in New York City? Any favorite places to go? How was your time there? Uh, I mean, we did, did take the Subway. I uh, got comfortable with, with going different places. Even uh, we practiced in Central Park. We took the uh, Subway from uh, Madison Square Garden up to Central Park for that. Uh, and I think when you know your way around, the Subway is really efficient. Uh, there was games where actually I lived in White Plains, so took the train from White Plains to Grand Central and then walked from Grand Central to Madison Square Garden. Lindy, I actually lived uh, in uh, Bronxville for about oh, six years. Yeah, so, so you're throwing uh, There you go. Right in your neck of the woods there. Yeah, sure is. So, it, uh, you know, the, the train is a lot faster than taking a car. I can just tell you, we drive to a game. That's the we... ultimate advertisement right there. Just cut me that. The train is a lot faster than a car. That's all I'm saying. We're trade exports, Lindy. Let's let's go. There you go. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 no problem. You basically advertised no. us over a vehicle. <laughs> all right, maniac, rip it. Let's go. This is my favorite. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Well, we just have a couple of questions. Um, uh, basically. See what you know, Western your, your takes on a couple of things. So, first one, this is always the most controversial. Are you a North Towns or are you a South Towns person? North Towns. Okay. If you're listening to the radio in Buffalo, what station are you listening to? 1065. 
Okay. Now this is a, this is a controversial one. A lot of people want to know because during your time with the Sabres, Sabretooth kind of underwent a transformation. He became like a flaming, he was a flaming hot Cheeto when we had the, uh, the goat Jersey, like Al is wearing. And then it became kind of a more timid orange color when we went to the, the blue and gold. Which Sabretooth did you prefer? The old Sabretooth of the late 90s or the new Sabretooth now? I preferred the Sabretooth whenever we were winning. Let's go. So, that is the ultimate. When he's banging that drum, Sabres up 2-1 in the third period, there is no feeling. Okay. Or there is no better feeling. Linda, you're going for a night out. Now, again, we're not dabbling into, you know, who you're going with or anything like that. But would you rather be at Music on Main or somewhere like Hurdle on Allen or Allen? Uh, did you say Music on Main? Yes. Oh, uh, Music on Main, right? Or aren't you a big Music on Main person? Yeah, I've gone to Music on Main. I've also gone down Hurdle. I think Hurdle is, uh, has got some, some, got some great restaurants and so I've, I've been on them both. I think it, uh, there's some great areas of, in Buffalo uh, to get around to. And that transitions to our next one. If you could plan your dream weekend in Western New York, what would you, what would you be doing? Oh, dream weekend. A I, couple I would rounds probably, of golf, obviously. No, no. Here's what no? I would do. I, this is the dream weekend. Uh, this would be the younger me. But the dream weekend would be a Sabres game on Saturday and a Bills game on Sunday. Wow. That is, that is, I'm done. I'm done with that. Last but not least, Lindy, does this train, this train ever stop? This train doesn't stop. No. Let's go. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm like shaking over here. Lindy, I got one more for you. And this, if this, if if this is going to take too long, you can pass on it. But favorite Sabres team as a player and as a coach. You you know, I think the, my favorite as a player was the team, uh, that uh, was my rookie year, 79-80, where we went to uh, the conference finals, lost to the Islanders. You know, and I'm talking about uh, Sean Feld and Gare and Korab and, and Craig Ramsey, uh, Rick Dudley, the, the you know, likes of all those veteran guys, Jill Perro, Richard Martin, um, guys that, you know, when you're 19 and you get to the NHL, you grow up watching, which was incredible. I, I mean – I was starstruck my whole first year just trying to play in the league because here's guys I watch play all the time and get to play with them to get that far and to think as, as a player you'd ever get that opportunity. Um, as a coach, you know, the, the team we went to the Stanley Cup uh, finals with against Dallas, and I got to give another one, the, uh, you know, it's, it's the 6 7 team. Um, 05, 06, those two great years we had, those were, those were really good teams. I mean, those were deep teams. Those were, those were teams that were three lines deep that, uh, you know, we could, we could score, we could play. Uh, we had goaltending. So I have to give you three. Roy, Roy Fennegan-Ov Vanek in 06, 07 could have been a lot of teams' first lines. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah, yeah that is exactly right. And, uh, uh, I think that is the reason that maybe some guys didn't have the hundred and some point year because we had three lines and uh, there's a lot of nights that, uh, you know, they split time. They only played 13, 14 minutes and they were still getting a couple points uh, a night. So uh, we were, we were dangerous uh, from one through four with lines and a solid defense. All righty. I think it's that time of the night. Shout outs. 
Lindy, this is how we typically on the show. Any person, anything you want to shout out? Maniac, you want to kick us off? Uh, I will kick us off. So shout out to Mazias. I mean, I've been in the city for so long. Al and I are both Clarence people. When I think when Al and I were in Clarence, we would get Mazias on the regular. Now, oh, that, I, now that we're at our respective locations, when was the last time we saw it? No, I'm no. You're right. I am born and raised a Mazias guys too. Uh, GM Smokey, Glenn Shoop, always that was his number one pizza. I think second might have been Pizza Supreme. Some random places. I'm a North Towns guy, just like Lindy. So yeah, I would Mazias. Shout out to Mazias. And all I'm saying is a shout out to safety protocols. We have sports back. Sports have been back what uh, six days in in yep. the in the U.S. Major sports, major team sports, MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL. Keep the protocols, keep staying safe, and keep this thing. So shout out to everyone who's doing that. All right, Lindy, what do you got? You want me to shout something out? Yeah. Whatever you, whatever yeah. you want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out a big shout out to the fact that uh, we do have pro sports back uh, in, a, in a whole different field with no fans. Uh, that even in baseball, you got the cutout fans. Now you can actually pay to have the cutout be you or your dog um, for a low, low price, which is pretty creative by the marketing people in baseball. Very um, creative. Uh, but, but the fact we're going uh, the right direction, a big shout out to sports and, the, and really to the NHL for, I think, putting a lot of thought into the way they wanted to get this done and putting uh, 12 teams in each bubble and, and really – trying to keep people safe, yep. but at the same time, try to get sports going again. Can I say that better myself? I'll give a shout out to, honestly, you, Lindy, for come, taking the time, coming on the show, you know, your family, shout out to Brett, Aaron, uh, uh, Brian, who I was talking to, Maddie, everybody, seriously, thank you so much. And Brett and Brian specifically, they, they helped me out today, prepping for this well, interview. You're welcome. It was great, uh, great being with you guys. Awesome. And Lindy, how do we end this show? What a train wreck this has been. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually the first time someone said something that was better than what we do. And we might have to take that out. We got to take that. <laughs> what a train wreck this has been. This train never stops. Good <laughs> night now. <laughs>